Women and Technology. That's our textination. I'm Fred Fishkin. Remember Beanie Babies? They went viral before there was such a thing. With us is a woman who helped to make that possible, Lena Trevetti. Hi, Lena. Hi, thanks for having me. Well, you have a wonderful story to tell, including the invention of the Beanie Babies website. Yeah. Tell us the story here. I'm still wrapping my mind around it because to me, it's something that I did and it's a part of me in a lot of ways. I'm wrapping my mind around how it's affected the world around me. And that is something that the movie that's coming out and some of these documentaries that, that have been done in the past have been helping me understand that. Uh, I truly was in a bubble while I was creating what I created because when you think in your mind the stereotype of someone who's building this massive machine on the internet and they're doing it essentially on their own in my situation I was doing it with my little brother you would envision in your mind a kid I was just a kid at the time I was 19 and then going into my early 20s and I really was just sitting at a computer a lot of times in my parents house or on a campus or even at the Thai office, my my work area was in a little corner of the warehouse. So I was truly literally in a bubble. So I didn't necessarily understand or comprehend how what I was doing was affecting people even at that time. The very first time that I even got a glimpse of what I was doing and how it was affecting people was one time, and this was years into the craze, we, my brother and I, we were going to a birthday party and we went to the mall and we had to buy a gift for a kid. And we went into this gift store and this gift store just got this massive shipment of Beanie Babies. And I remember me and my brother were just standing there speechless, just taking in all of these, this activity of people picking up these Beanie Babies and reading the poems, reading them aloud to each other and laughing and giggling and yelling across the, the way, oh my gosh, there's a bee or oh my gosh, there's a zebra or whatever. And we were just standing there and I remember looking at my brother and be like, should we just get a Beanie Baby? <laughs> I, 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 a lot of people ask me, you know, what, what was that like? And I just feel like I had this idea of what I wanted to create and I knew the idea would be awesome. And it, it took so much to create it. I remember working 20 hour days sometimes, just pulling all nighters, sometimes two days in a row to accomplish some of the things that we were doing and not really having a grip on how it was affecting people around me. So what was your role actually? And was it strictly the website or creating the Beanie Babies and getting them out there? How did this all come together? It, I started working there as a telemarketer. So I that's how my journey in Thai began. I answered an ad in the newspaper because that's what we did back then. We opened up the newspaper. I needed a job. I had just moved from the city into the suburbs back at my parents' house and or no, I wasn't at my parents' house. I had an apartment in the suburbs before I moved to my parents' house. And I needed a job that was close. And Ty had an ad in the paper. And they were looking for a telemarketer. And I went in. I interviewed and got the job on the spot. I didn't even know it was a toy 
company that I was walking into. And this was years before Beanie Babies even were developed. So um, my job started as a telemarketer, but it quickly, quickly grew to other responsibilities. I had a lot of interest. I had a lot of insight. I had a lot of ideas. And Ty liked my ideas in a lot of situations and gave me the ability to be able to just run forward with different ideas that I had. When I had the idea to create the website, the web wasn't even a thing that was commonly known. Most people didn't even know what the internet was. And I remember I had to explain what the internet even was to him. And it was difficult to comprehend because if you think about what life was like before the internet and someone trying to explain to you how it works and not just how it works, but how as a company, we can leverage this as a tool to communicate to people. Because what, what I knew is that there are all kinds of people out there in the world that don't even know what Beanie Babies are out there. Like the the glee that I was describing in that gift store that I went to, people, most people didn't know how many Beanie Babies there were, how what what kinds of Beanie Babies were out there. And then once the poems came, you know, what all the different poems were. So this was a way that we can communicate with people so they even know what they're looking for. Prior to the website, people just liked Beanie Babies and they were looking for these elusive Beanie Babies. But then through creating the website, now there was a, a tool that people can come to to even find out what exists. Because when you think about the old days, how do you, how would you know that? I remember as a kid, I used to collect Lisa Frank stickers. I had no idea how many Lisa Frank stickers there were. I just know that when I saw one, I'm like, oh, cool, here's another one. But what kind of frenzy would it cause if I knew there are a hundred stickers out there? What, how would that affect me? And how would that affect my journey as a collector? Now that I know that there's a hundred out there and I know which ones there are, and oh my gosh, I got to get the unicorn with the rainbow. I need that one. You know, I, it, it, it changes things. And that's what I saw. And that's what I developed. So they gave you this corner office said, okay, the web, web, whatever, internet, whatever <laughs> that is, go do what you want to do, that kind of thing. I had to, I had to demonstrate what, how it worked. So I created, first I created this ugly, ugly, ugly web page. When you think early 1994 web pages, they are, it, it was, I, I remember in my head what it looked like, and it's not even something I would necessarily want to show people today because it was literally ugly. But what I did is I, I brought my computer from home and DePaul University, I was a student at DePaul, they had provided the student body with modems. So I had a 14-4 modem, which is the first modem that existed. And I well, remember I, I had was, one that was 300. So you're right. <laughs> <laughs> I yes, remember when we went from 14.4 to 28.8, we were right. like, the speed just doubled. <laughs> you know, it was so exciting. And um, so anyway, yeah, I brought my 14.4 modem in, connected everything on my home computer on the floor of an office that had a phone line and a plug in the same corner. And uh, even figuring out how to plug this computer in at the Thai office was kind of a journey. Once I got it all connected and I was able to pull up this ugly web page that I made, I was able to bring Ty in and I showed him this is what the internet is. And this computer can be anywhere in the world and anywhere in the world, you type in this address and it brings up the web page. And I remember the first draft 
of the web page was made, the first draft was made on um, the DePaul University server because I had this ability to publish for publishing academic papers because DePaul University wanted students to start publishing their papers. So what I did is I published a draft of what I thought Ty should be doing on the internet. That's that's a terrific, terrific story. So yeah. and history from there, right? How how it how it grew. And I guess people were using Netscape back then, probably. Oh, yeah. To, to, to browse <laughs> Netscape, to it. yeah. So the Netscape 1.0. I remember it was Netscape 1.0. I used Photoshop 1.0. I mean, all the 1.0 programs is what I was using. And take us to today. Now you are you are a mom. You have, I understand, a special needs child, a, yeah. an, eighth, an eighth grader as well. And uh, so you're seeing things now with technology and women in technology. And I'm wondering what what you would tell your daughter about this field today. And it has evolved certainly. She already has had her experiences. There's such a disparity of women in technology. She was, because she knows I work in technology, she was so excited when she was able to take a Lego robotics class, you know, because it's a techie class and her mother and her, she, to me, to her, I'm like the goddess of tech, right? <laughs> so she was super excited to take this class and see what she could do. And she was excited to be able to tell me you know, about what she's creating and all of that. And I remember after two weeks, she wanted to quit because she said that the, the groups that they, they had, all, the class was broken up into small groups and each group had three girls and three boys in it. And she said, every group, the boys just took over and the girls can't even give any ideas forward because the boys are basically taking over the group. And I was like, what? <laughs> I was so like, I was like, oh my gosh, don't tell me that this is starting to happen in elementary school. And my experiences are pretty crazy as well. I've been to tech conferences where I was almost the only woman there. And my experience in a lot of ways is probably more than everybody combined. Yet these conferences are like fret parties in a lot of ways. And I remember at one party or one conference they had like an after party and I had somebody come up to me and tell me that the entertainers are supposed to check in at the back door you know because they had go-go dancers there because it was all men and that's kind of the thing that I was like oh my gosh it's crazy right and now you have another startup coming along tell me about this Yes, joy.ai. I'm really excited about it's joii.ai. And we have, uh, you know, a lot of information there on how it works. But essentially, what we're doing is we're trying to address the social isolation and loneliness challenge that we are presented with right now in our nation and really the world, how the um, how technology has affected us to become so disconnected from our close friends and family. So I have found a way to leverage AI in order to foster those connections. And I'm really passionate about it because I really can see firsthand just in understanding my journey in technology as well as seeing now my child and how her relationship with technology started very early on. She got her iPad, her first iPad when she was three years old and just seeing the impact that technology has on us and seeing you know, where it's going. I am really excited to be able to pose a solution to help us foster those social connections and get reconnected with the people that we care about the most. 
And that's going to be coming later this year? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And and how will it bring people together? Describe it a little bit for us, if you, if you don't mind. Give us a yeah, taste. sure, sure, sure. So, you know, a lot of people are talking about AI and how AI can resolve the um, the social isolation and loneliness issue. And what a lot of people are coming up with as solutions are AI companions, which is a companion that um, is essentially an AI being. And to me, that is completely missing the mark. So me and my partner, Nathan Luthra, we developed this technology that allows a person to create a clone of themselves and identify maybe one or two close people to them that they may want to connect with that they are not connected with. Like I have a cousin, I love my cousin, but we only talk like maybe once a month and I wish we talked more. So in this, using this technology, my cousin would also have a clone that he's creating. And then our two clones would banter with each other in the style of us talking. So when I go back and I read these conversations that the AI is having, it will look just like me and my cousin having a conversation about our day or having a conversation about what's going on and what's important to us. And what the goal is for these AI beings is to identify opportunities for us to connect. So like tonight, I'm going to go watch the Beanie Bubble movie. I'm pretty excited. The AI may know that my cousin is right there because my cousin, the theater where the theater is located, my cousin works maybe like 10 minutes away. So it might say, it might tell my cousin, hey, Lena is going to be in town later tonight. Maybe you guys could grab a coffee and connect. And it would foster this connection that may not have happened otherwise. So the app would have access, if if you grant it, I'm sure, to to your calendar and and your 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 daily routine, and be able to connect you with someone else that uh, that that is close to you. Yeah, yeah, it's it's focusing. It doesn't necessarily have to have the access. It happens from me just talking to my AI being. So my Digimi, we call it a Digimi. My Digimi may text me in the morning and say, hey, what are you doing today? And I would say, hey, I'm going to go see the Beanie Bubble. I'm so excited. I'm going to Addison. And, you know, that's how the AI knows that I'm going to Addison tonight. And the AI is connected with just the couple of people that I'm trying to connect with. So it could be my cousin, my brother, a couple of close friends. And it's just going to be trying to find opportunities of when our daily life is already crossing. So it's all about doing life things together. Is there a website people can go to and and yeah. wait for this to arrive? Yeah, it's joy.ai, J-O-I-I.ai. And we're looking for beta testers. So anybody can go in and sign up as a beta tester and just keep up with the progress. And we're excited about launching our first iteration of the product later this year. Well, congratulations on mm -hmm. your history and your continuing innovation. Rina Trivedi, thanks for spending time with us. Yeah, thank you.